therefore that we have new life because of this work of Jesus through faith by grace, Lord, that we can be saved. And Lord, when you, you save us, you change us. You seek to change everything about our lives that we would be able to find joy and peace and contentment and delight in you. And so this morning, Lord, I pray that you would be with me as you open up the hearing as you speak, that you would help us to have listening ears, that we would be hearers of the word, but also doers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can be the passage that we're going to read this morning is one of the most popular passages, uh, and in fact, it's the fourth most posted passage in social media. It's nice that today we can track that kind of thing. But like any other popular uh, verse that, that we know, that most people know, it's usually taken out of context. And we use it for things that it's not supposed to be used for. So this year, uh, we had the World Cup. So if you guys don't know what the World Cup is, it's the uh, most popular soccer uh, tournament in the world, and I'm really excited about it, so I always watch it. And one of my favorite soccer players, he had a tattoo on his neck with this verse. Uh, this verse is in uh, Philippians 4, and I think most of you guys know it. It's, uh, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So he had this tattoo saying, I, I can do all things. And uh, on an interview, he said that since God is on his side, he could win the World Cup, and he was certain that he was going to win the World Cup. Well, he was wrong, and Brazil didn't win the World Cup, and I was very disappointed because I was hoping that he could do all things. So, yeah, that was disappointing. And I also use this uh, verse out of context in my life. Uh, whenever I, I, I'm not really good at math. I, I've never been good at math. So when I was younger and whenever I had a, a math test, I would never study as hard as I was supposed to. And I would think about this. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, even though I haven't studied, even though I haven't put the work to do this. And then when I went to do the test, guess what happens? I didn't get the grade that I needed. So uh, I think it's good for us to understand uh, this verse that we all love and that we all know in context. So when, when Paul wrote uh, this, the letter to the Philippians, he was in prison. So uh, uh, it's important for us to understand why he was writing that and what context he was experiencing when he was writing that. So he was in prison. He was suffering. And he wasn't in prison because he had done something wrong. He was in prison because of his ministry. And the church in Philippi gave him a gift, a financial gift. So he's writing to them to thank them for this gift and to also say that he's content. Even though he is in prison, even, even though things in his life are not going well, he's content. And he is not content because of the gift that they gave him. So we will uh, read this passage and we'll try to understand how can he be content in that situation? And what is bringing him contentment if it's not... The, his financial needs being supplied, what is giving him contentment? So you can open your Bibles to Philippians 4. We'll read Philippians 4 from uh, verse 10 through 14. It's on page 982 on the Pew Bibles. Um, and I think that as Paul is writing that to the Philippians, this also speaks to us because we are uh, a, a discontented people. We are not content. Uh, and the more, it seems like the more we have, the less content we are. 
And our whole society, our whole world, is trying to build up this uh, sense of discontentment in us. Uh, most people watch TV, and you watch your favorite show, and TV is doing that because when you are watching your show, what comes in between the breaks? Commercials. And commercials are showing you all those things that you don't even need, and you see this new cell phone, iPhone 10, and then you, you think it's so cool, and something that you don't even need, now you, you need it. You didn't even want it, and now you need it. And you feel like it's a need for you. And you can't stop thinking about it. And you can't stop uh, trying to figure out ways to get that thing that you want. So uh, television is building up this discontentment in us, showing us a lifestyle that we should have. And, um, and also psychology. Uh, secular psychology is all about you having your needs met. What are your needs and how can you meet them? How can you figure out ways to meet your needs? But uh, the thing is that Paul, he, uh, he knew that his purpose in life was not to meet his needs. It was not to, to have his, his needs met. It was to glorify God and to enjoy God forever. And we need to understand as well that that's our purpose. Our purpose is not to try to figure out ways to have our, our, uh, the things that we want or to have our, even our needs met. God is the one who is taking care of that. Our purpose in life is to glorify God. And we glorify Him even more when we enjoy Him and we demonstrate that we enjoy Him. So, um, do you see that as your goal? Uh, what are you living for? Are, what are you spending your time for? Are you investing in trying to have your needs met? Or are you investing your time and your efforts in glorifying God? So do you really understand what is your purpose in life, like Paul did? So I think it's important for us to let this passage speak to us because we struggle with that too. We struggle with under, understanding our purpose. And even when we do understand our purpose, we struggle with fulfilling it. Um, and as we glorify God, as we fulfill the purpose for which we uh, exist, we become more content. Uh, we don't worry so much about our, our needs being met, and we can rest in who he is and be content in who he is. So let, let's read this passage as Paul is teaching us on how to uh, know the secret of contentment. So uh, verse 10, he says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity to show it. So here, uh, the, the church gave him sacrificially uh, out of their poverty because they understood that their goal was not to have their, their needs met, but it was to glorify God. And here he said that they had no opportunity. Uh, it may be, the reason why they had no opportunity may be that they couldn't reach out to him, but it is most likely because they didn't have the finances to give to him. The early church was a poor church. They were struggling. They were... Um, being persecuted. So they weren't even meeting their own needs, but they found out a way to be able to give to the ministry of Paul. So even though they didn't have an opportunity, they were working to find a way to be involved in what God was doing through Paul. Um, and he rejoices with that. He rejoices with, have, with having a people, a church that is committed to Christ. Because they were not committed to Paul. They were committed to the ministry 
that he was doing to, to the gospel. They were committed to Christ. And I think that nothing brings joy to a pastor more than seeing his people committed to Christ, more than seeing his people involved in what God is doing in the world. So uh, I think that if we want to encourage our pastors, this is something that we need to be working on, to be committed to Christ and to show that through our actions. Um, And here, uh, the whole book of Philippians has this theme of fellowship. And uh, fellowship is more than just, you know, hanging out together and spending time together. That is part of what fellowship is. But fellowship is more than that. Have you guys uh, watched the, the movie Lord of the Rings? Who here knows Lord of the Rings or read the book? So what's the first book called? The Fellowship of the Ring. So they are a fellowship. So a fe- this fellowship, they have the, the goal to have a, a mission accomplished. So this, this whole idea of fellowship, besides being together and uh, being friends with, with one another, is that we are working together for one purpose. And what's our purpose? It's to glorify God. And, and one of the primary ways that we glorify God is by making disciples and being disciples of Christ. So uh, part of uh, being a fellowship, of having fellowship, is that we are partners together in one project. We are partners in, in this project of making disciples for the glory of God. So uh, they, they had fellowship and they were uh, aware of their purpose and they wanted to be involved in the ministry of Paul. And he said that they were concerned. And I think that as we try to understand contentment, as we try to be content, we, uh, confu- uh, we get confused. We don't really understand what contentment is. And we think that contentment is being uh, complacent. And being content is not the same as being complacent. Here he's saying that they were concerned. And he, it's a good thing that they were concerned. So when we try to be content, we need to understand that being content is not being complacent. Uh, and like the church did in Philippi, we need to find ways in which we can be involved in, in the ministry. God has given all of us a way to be involved in the ministry. Uh, it may be financially speaking. It may be with your talents, with your time, with your work. All of us, we have something that God gave us so that we can invest in the ministry. So we need to think about that. We need to think, what, are, what is keeping me from fulfilling that purpose? What is keeping me from doing that? What do I need to change in my life so that I can fulfill my purpose? That I know is not to meet, to, to meet my needs, but it is to glorify God. And I do that by being involved in the ministry. What do I need to change in my life to be able to do that? To participate in the, in the cause of Christ. So they knew that they needed to do that and they found a way so that they would be able to give to Paul. Even though they, they didn't have opportunities uh, whenever God gave them an opportunity, they used that opportunity. And God has given us plenty of opportunities to be involved in the ministry. So let's look for those opportunities and let's see what we need to do to take advantage of those uh, opportunities. And on, on verse 11, Now that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. 
So here, Paul, he's using this language of food, of eating, of you know, being well-fed and being hungry. And he's, he's saying that not because he wants to give us an illustration, but he has faced these uh, physical situations. Th- these were real situations that he was facing. Most of us here, we have never experienced hunger. We have never gone through days without food, not knowing when, we're gonna, when, when will be the next day that we will get to eat something. And he knows what that is. He's, he's been days being uh, without food. So he knows, he understands what it is to go through that physical, hard suffering. And he also knows what it, what it is to have more than what you need, to be well-fed and have extra that you don't even need. He knows, he, he, and he not only has been through those situations, but he's saying that he knows how to go through them in a way that glorifies God. He not only, he's not only uh, been there, but he knows how to live a, a God-glorifying life when he doesn't have enough and when he has more than enough. Uh, and he learned that through those experiences, through the good, uh, the easy, and the hard. And we all want to grow. We all want to learn. But the, the thing is that we just want to learn with the easy stuff. We don't want to go through the hard. But we need to remember, these, the, the hard stuff, that's when we learn how to be like Christ. When we share in His suffering, that's when we learn how to be like Him. And whenever we experience hard things, we shouldn't be trying to get away from them or be frustrated, why is God putting this in my life now? But we have to remember, God is doing this, God is allowing me to go through this, because his purpose for my life is greater than my purpose. Because if I learn through this, if I grow through this, I will glorify God more than if I don't. So we need to remember that even the hard things in our lives are for our good, so that we will be conformed to the image of Christ. So whenever Paul is facing hard situations, he he is reminding himself, this is for the glory of God. I'm growing through this. And now he's he's, he's gotten to a point that he can say, I know how to do that because I've learned the secret of contentment. And he uses this word, learned. Uh, and at the time of Paul, this word was used for uh, rites of initiation. Uh, whenever you were going to start being part of a, of a secret cult or something, you would uh, go through this rite of initiation. And this is the word that he's using here. That he has been initiated into the secrets of contentment. Just like a pagan would be initiated into the secret of the cult that they are getting into, he's being initiated into the secret of contentment that comes with effort, that comes with uh, training, with knowing God's Word and experiencing those times of need and times of abundance. So he has gotten to a point that he can finally say, I know the secret of being content. So let's continue to uh, read from Paul as he He's trying to teach us the secret of contentment. Uh, and then, and he, he's also telling us that, like I said, he knows how to go through those experiences. So I think it would be good for us to ask ourselves, do we know how to go through that? Whenever we are brought low, whenever we don't have enough, do we know how to live like that? Do we know how to uh, go through hardships and still have a good attitude? When we, have, uh, when we are in a situation that we don't have enough, a lot of times we complain about it. 
We worry because we don't know how tomorrow is going to be. We overwork ourselves because we think that we are the ones that need to supply for all of our needs. We don't rest. We are unsatisfied. And a lot of times we think we know how to go through times of need, but we don't. And God is calling us, when we go, Paul here, he's telling us that, that when we go through these hard times, when we have little, when we are in need, we can be content. Because we know that our goal in life is not to have our needs met, but it is to glorify God. And we can glorify God even in that situation. And we can be content because we have a treasure that we can always hold on to. That's not something that we can see. It's not the, the money that we have, but it's Christ. And since we have this treasure that's more valuable than anything else, we can always be content. And another question that we don't ask ourselves as much is, do we know how to uh, live a, a God-glorifying life when we have much, when we abound? We think that only having little is hard. But Paul is saying, I also know how to have much. And the reason why he's saying that is because having much is hard, too. Because we, with abundance comes a lot of temptations. When we have much, we are tempted to be proud of what we have because I've worked so hard to have this, and I earned this. So we are tempted to be proud. When we have much, we are tempted to uh, worship the things that we have and become an idolater. We, we have built all this, and we, we love this, and we enjoy this, and I love my possessions, and we become idolaters. So we are tempted. When we have much, we are selfish to not share that with those who need it. He, he's calling us to also learn how to have much. When we have much, when we abound, that is a great opportunity for us to be open-handed, to give some of what the Lord has given us so that we can bless others as well. And, not, and to not cling to what we have as if that would be our ultimate treasure in life. But to be open-handed and not cling to it. And to remember, I already have the greatest of all treasures. And I can now be open-handed with this that the Lord has given me. And um, a lot of times when we have much, we rely so, so much in our possessions and the things that we have. We rely on it to give us safety, to give us uh, a sense of being secure. We rely on it to be satisfied. Uh, we think that our strength comes from the things that we have. And we need to remember that only God can give me those things. Only the Lord can give me satisfaction. Only the Lord can give me uh, security. And I cannot cling to those things as if those things were God. Because they will never be able to satisfy me. And the more... I have the more I want to have. But the truth is that in any situation that we are in, we need to be generous because we have something to contribute in the kingdom of God. We have something to contribute in the ministry. It can be money for some of us. And for others, it is our time, our talents. We all have been given something that we can use to participate in the ministry. And we always have to argue it's to glorify God and not to have our, our needs met. In all verse 13, we come to this famous verse that we all uh, probably already know. Um, and we all love this verse. But 
let's try to see what this is saying in this context. So verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So what is this not saying? Let's try to think about what this verse is not saying. This verse is not saying that since God is on my side, whatever I want to do, I'll be able to do. And that's what a lot of us think that this verse is saying, that God can give me the power to do anything I want to do. So this is not what it is. Because, uh, you know, in, the, in Paul's life, we can, we can see that I think that it would be great for him to be out of prison at that time and to be more productive in his ministry instead of spending time there in prison. But he's not out of prison. So this is not what he means. So what this verse, uh, what this passage really means is that in any circumstance that we are in, we can, glori- we can be content and we can glorify God because our strength comes from Christ. Our strength doesn't come from the things in life. So that's why we can always glorify God. And that's why we can always be content. Because even if we are in prison unjustly, even if we are in financial need, our strength comes from Christ. And that can never be taken from us. The world can take anything from us. They can take our possessions. They can take our liberty. They can take our life but they cannot take Christ from us. And when we have Christ, we have the greatest treasure that we could ever have. And since we already have this treasure, we can always be content. And we don't need to try to look for other things to be content because we already have what we need to be content. The secret then that Paul is teaching us is that I can, do, I can go through anything because my strength comes from Christ. I can, go, I can go through suffering. I can go through pleasure. I can go through financial need. I can go through abundance. And in all these things, I can still glorify God. Because Christ is my treasure. And my strength comes from Him. So as we live life in the world, we have to remember this. Where is my treasure? Where is my strength coming from? Where am I looking for a purpose? Where am I looking for strength? Is it in the things of the world? Or is it in Christ? And uh, I think it it would be important for us to define what this contentment means. Because, uh, like I said, we we got confused. We think that being content is being complacent. But it's, it's not that. It's more than that. So, uh, sometimes we think that being uh, content is being indifferent. Um, and at the time of Paul, that was true as well. During his time, there, uh, Stoicism, it, it was a philosophy that was very popular. The Stoics, they were famous for being kind of like cold people. Whenever you go through something really hard in your life, don't waste time crying about it. Don't waste time feeling uh, sad about it, just move on. Whenever you face something hard, just just move on. Don't care about it. So that was the Stoic philosophy. So you try to have this cold approach to life. So if you don't care too much about the hard things, you will not suffer. So that's what they thought. So uh, Paul is aware of that because it was all around him. So he's making a difference between just being a cold person that doesn't really care about what's going on and being indifferent and being content because those are not the same thing. 
And I think that when we have that approach to life, when we think that uh, we should only think and not feel anything, we become cold people, and that coldness turns people away from us. And I think that even today, uh, this cold intellectual thinking is turning people away from the faith because they think that it's just this rational uh, approach to life. And um, it, it's not a balanced way to see life. But at the same time, being overly emotional is just as destructive. A lot of times we, we just uh, care about emotions and only care about what we are feeling. And we don't really care about what is truth. We don't really think about things. And that way of life is just shallow and it will not sustain you. And it, it will destroy you. Living based on your feelings is something that will destroy whoever is trying to live like that. So we need to live uh, in a way that we uh, have affections. We have emotions. But our affections are always based on a solid foundation of truth. So we know what the truth is. We love the truth. And, and we think about the truth of who God is and who we are in Him. And from that truth, our emotions come. From the truth of who God is, we can rejoice and we can sing and we can live a life of joy uh, as an outcome of the truth of who He is. And also when we go through hard things, we can be broken and we can cry and we can uh, show how broken we are. But we can still be joyful because we know the truth that God is using this for a purpose. That God is, uh, He cares about me and He is in control. So I think that when we uh, show our affections and we have this solid foundation of truth, we can glorify God because we show that even though we are broken, even though we are sad, even though we are, we're crying, we can be joyful. We can be content because we have a Christ and He is greater than that. And even though we are experiencing extreme suffering that is evident in our lives, we have Christ and He gives us strength and He gives us contentment. And another thing that contentment is not is being content based on our circumstances. And that's easy to do. Whenever things are good, it's easy to be content. And whenever things are hard, it's really hard to be content. So we cannot base our contentment in whatever life gives to us in that moment in life. Um, and another thing that contentment is not is self-sufficiency. A lot of times we think that being independent and relying on our abilities and even trying to have this goal of being a better me and trying to have a goal of who I am, who, who I want to be, and working towards that will bring me contentment. And that cannot be our source of, uh, our source of contentment. We cannot be self-sufficient. Paul is calling us to not be self-sufficient, to not know how to go through all those things in our own strength, but in the strength that God is providing us through Christ. And I think that we, we can understand that because uh, we, whenever you're a parent, if you're a dad, and you give your kid $50 for them to do something, so, so you're a dad and you give them $50 and, and they come back to you with $10 and they give $10 to you and they say, look, up, look at all the money that I'm giving you and how, how hard I've worked to get this money and now I'm giving this to you and am I not 
awesome that, you know, that I can give you this money. And we are not impressed with, with kids when they do that because we know that we gave them $50 and they are giving us just a fraction of what we gave them. We are not impressed with that. And in the same way, God is never impressed with us when we try to be self-sufficient, when uh, we try to overwork ourselves and to prove that we can do things. He's never impressed with us when we try to be independent. But He's pleased with us when we rely on Him, when we need His help, when we pray because we know that we cannot do this without Him. So we need to remember, contentment is not about just trying to be self-sufficient. That is not going to impress God. But God is pleased when we are helpless and we come to Him for help. And we come to Him so that we can receive from His strength. Contentment is, contentment is to understand that we already have the greatest of all treasures. And that treasure is Christ. That we already have Christ. Therefore, we lack nothing. And He gives us strength to glorify Him in all circumstances. The secret of contentment is to know that when I have much, when I have a lot, I have a treasure that's way better than what I have. So I don't have to cling to these things that I have here because I already have something that, is, that doesn't compare to what I have in this life. And when I don't have much, I have a treasure that supplies me everything that I need. So I don't have to be looking for my, my needs being met here in this life. Knowing who Christ is and the treasure that He is will bring us contentment. And this is something that we need to be reminded daily because every day we see all the treasures of the world in front of us. We are, we are faced with all the, the things that the world has to offer us. A lot of good things. and Things that were good if we were not going to cling to them. And we need to remember... The, the greatest treasure that I can have is a treasure that I cannot see right now, but it's the only treasure that can truly give me satisfaction and that can truly make me content. And that treasure is Christ. And I think that we often come to a place in our lives that we run out of our resources, that we are in need, and we run out of uh, you know, strength or energy or money, whatever it is, we run out of it and we don't have any of it so that we can see the treasure that we have in Christ and that we can be content in Him. So that we can rely not in our own strength, not in our possessions, but in Him. And I think that that brings glory to God. When we are weak, when we run out of our resources, and we run to Him for strength, and we find contentment in Him. When we see the treasure that Christ truly is. And all of us, we all want to be content. It doesn't matter who we are, in what phase of life we are, we all want to find contentment. And we, again, we get deceived by the world. We think that once I get this job that I really want, I will be okay. Or uh, when I get this awesome relationship, I will be fine. Or when I have this house that I, I want to buy, I will be, I'll be okay. Or whenever my kids become successful and they are in a good place in life, I will, I will have fulfilled my purpose. But we forget that nothing, none of those things can give us contentment. Contentment is not found 
in having a good job. Contentment is not found in having a good family. Those things are really good, and those are gifts that the Lord gives us. He gives us. But we cannot look for contentment in those things because they will always disappoint us. And we will always put on them responsibilities and expectations that they will never be able to fulfill. Contentment is only found in Christ. And we have to constantly remember that. Only Christ can give me contentment. And that way we can enjoy these things in life. We can enjoy the, the, the blessings that we have. We can enjoy our family. And we, can, we don't have to expect them to give us true and ultimate contentment. Because we already have that in Christ. And being content in all circumstances, it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. You know, whenever you are going through something really hard in life, people can look at you and they will say, how can you go through that and still be content? How can you go through that and still have that great attitude? But that's when you show that you truly get it. That's when you show that you truly get the worth of Christ. That even though we've lost everything, you have this treasure that cannot take the, the joy away from you. So when we live a life of contentment in suffering, in hardships, we show people the worth of Christ. Because we show them that He is a treasure greater than anything else in life. And if you are looking for contentment, and if you haven't found it yet, if you are looking for relationships and for success, and you haven't found contentment in any of those things, and it seems that the, the more we get, the more you want, I would invite you today to come to Christ and find true contentment in Him. Because He is the only one that can give you true contentment. Contentment is only found in Christ. But I think it's also important for us to remember that we can, we can only find contentment when we are living a life under the will of God. When we live a sinful life, sin will never bring us contentment. Sin will always make us discontent. And that's God's grace to remind us that we need to be under His will. True contentment is only found when we are in the will of God. And sin will always make us discontent and will always make us frustrated. And we can think that we are content for a while, but at the end, we will be discontent because we are not finding the joy that Christ can give us. So now we come to verse 14 here. And yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. So here Paul is concluding this section of his letter. And he uh, is telling this church that it was kind of them to share in his trouble. And he just told them, I could handle poverty. I could go through those things. But because of you, because of your generosity, I don't have to. Because of you, I can see the evidence of Christ's sufficiency in my life. And what a joy it is for us, as being part of the Church of Christ, to be an evidence of Christ's sufficiency. What a joy it is for us to be able to glorify God with the things that we have, with the talents that we have, with the finances that we have. What a joy it is for us to be able to be instruments that God used to bring joy to people. To be able to be part of what God is doing in the world, in Crawfordville, through this church. What a joy it is for us to be able to be part of uh, the awesome 
work that God is doing. So here we understand, we see that they really got fellowship, that they wanted to be partners with Paul in the ministry of the gospel, that they were involved in the ministry, whatever it was. If it was in their local ministry through their, their efforts and through their work, or if it was through the ministry of Paul, they wanted to be involved, and they wanted to share in his trouble and to share um, in whatever he was doing. And he, they could do that because they wanted to fulfill their purpose. They wanted to glorify God by being true disciples of Christ. They wanted to glorify God by making disciples. They wanted to uh, be part of what God was doing. They wanted to delight in, in God by being involved in His work. And they truly understood that the treasure that they had was not found in their money. Even when they had needs, they were not as concerned as meeting their needs as they were concerned with glorifying God through the ministry of Paul. And they were learning to be content. Paul knew how to be content because he has experienced that, and he knew that his treasure was found in Christ. The church in Philippi, they were learning to be content because they knew that their treasure was Christ. So they could give from from whatever they had. Do we know how to be content? Do we know where our content is found? Our contentment is found. Where is our treasure? What are we trying to do with our lives? Are we working so that we can meet our needs and do we think that that's our purpose in life? Or are we living a life for the glory of God and doing all things that we can do so that God can be glorified through us? so that we can enjoy Him truly and that we can be content in Him. So if you have little, remember that you have a great treasure in Christ. And you don't have to worry about what you have in this life because Christ is enough for you. And if you have much and you abound, you have a treasure that has no comparison to anything that you have here. So you can be generous and you can be open-handed and you can give out of the blessings that we have because you already have a treasure that no one can take away from you. And if you're looking for strength to carry on in life and to keep living and to face whatever's next, don't rely on yourself. Don't rely on your own strength, on your own ability to do things well. Don't rely on your finances. Don't rely on your, whatever is giving you security. Rely on the strength that Christ is giving you. Because you can only go through all things through His strength. It's not through your, your strength. It is only through His strength. So you can now rest in His strength. You can rest in who He is and know that with Him you can go through all things. And now when you see this verse you know that this is not telling you that you can do whatever you want and God is on your side and He will let you do that. It is reminding us that in times of suffering, when life is really hard, when we don't know what's coming next, we can go through that because Christ has given us strength. When life is really good and the world is offering all things that we enjoy, we can, be, we can resist the temptations of the world because Christ can give us strength. And we don't have to work ourselves so that we can please God with how much we can do. 
because our strength comes from Him. And He's pleased when we come to Him needing help and needing strength. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for the treasure that we have in You. Remind us of how much You are worth. Remind us of how valuable You are and the treasure that we already have in You. Lord, help us to not be discouraged whenever we, face, whenever we have little, whenever we face hardships, but help us to find a way to glorify You, whatever we are. Help us to remember that we can go through that because You give us strength. Help us also to not grasp to the things that we own, but help us to be generous towards the cause of the gospel. And help us to remember that we have a treasure that surpasses all treasures that we can have in this earth. Lord, help us to fulfill our purpose as we glorify you and we enjoy you by partnering together in the work of the ministry. Help us to find ways to be involved in what you are doing. Lord, may our actions prove that our treasure is you, that we lack nothing because we have you, and that nothing can compare to you. Give us strength to live a life of contentment. Help us to show our contentment to the people around us. And whenever they get confused when we are living uh, a life of contentment, even though we have needs and we uh, are in a very hard place in life, help us to show them that we are content because we have you. In Jesus' name, amen.